Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Dale Etherington. And this is the podcast where we're, every week we review a new streaming show or movie or other form of original content. We also recap some of the latest headlines. And I am excited to be back. We basically took the last two weeks off. We had a bonus episode for one of those weeks, but um, I think everyone's been recovering from Disrupt. And also Daryl had some other exciting life changes going on. Yeah, moving house, which is always fun. It's easier when you hire people, but still not as easy as I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's it's never simple. No. And then I had to get rid of, throw many, out so many things. And we did the thing where you call people to come take your garbage away. And that was fun. They come and they're like, you're all your garbage is in the front yard. And because they say, like, put it out there and we'll give you a free estimate. And they're like, we'll charge you this much. And I'm like, well, I'm going to pay you whatever you want because all my all garbage, my garbage is, is in my front yard. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice little <laughs> twist. So when I call Marie, you know, when I'm recondoed, yeah. whatever, whatever the verb is for that, I had like 14 bags of clothing or something, like an embarrassing amount of clothes that I was like, I've never worn this, like bright tech crunch green pants and stuff, like just ridiculous clothing. And I put it all out for a donation service that I had called to come pick it up. And I was gone. I literally put it out and then went to go get my iced coffee around the corner. And when I came back, there were like three people hovered over it, like just (laughs) throwing it all over the sidewalk, thinking like they could go through it and all this stuff. So like literally my clothing, like my shoes and like shirts and like bras and stuff were just like out on the sidewalk for my entire community to see. And they're just picking through whatever. and then <laughs> They're picking through it. And then I go to like put it back in bags and I have like this sign that's like, this is the property of like this donation place. Like do not touch, like I'm watching you. I have a camera on you, like whatever threats I could make. And this old guy comes over and he's like, did you see the sign? I'm like, dude, this is my, why do you think I'm out here in the middle of the winter in my pajamas packing stuff back into bags? Like, what do you think is happening he's trying to help. Right that guy's trying to help. He's I know, but side. like, he should have helped like 10 minutes earlier when there were like <laughs> scavengers no coming through. Right. Oh my God, it was terrible. But they do say, Daryl, like that moving is one of like the top three most stressful things that a human being can do. So. It feels very stressful. I felt like manic in my desire to be like now i will organize this and then then it becomes rabbit holes right because you're like wait but what if i just do this now and i so I'm re- my current thing is i realized the previous owners were like oh we took out the window the main window in the bedroom to put it in a window ac unit which this is gonna get real ridiculous but the reason they did that was they put in central air and then they were like oh they left us a note like it doesn't really reach the bedroom and i went downstairs and i'm like it doesn't reach the bedroom because your ductwork is terrible so i fixed all the ductwork and then now it's fine but when they replaced the window they just smashed the outside one so it's a double pane window but now it's missing one of the panes so all this noise comes through i'm just like now i have to fix that like it's it's a it's a yeah, it's a pit. I don't think that ends anytime soon. Yeah, no, I think I like think so. it'll literally just get like you'll fix one thing and four things will happen. I've been at my mom's for however long now, and she we moved in after she spent like a year renovating, and now it's been like six months, and 
we're still doing shit. There's still <laughs> something, you know what I mean? Like weird, like humidity on the ceiling and like all kinds yeah. of weird shit. It just like, it's like sprouts, like plants. I miss being a renter because at a renter, you're like, I guess this is just what I got. Right. Well, there's like best of both <laughs> worlds. Like grass is always greener type situation because yeah, for yeah. me as a renter, I've had like, you guys know, I've had leak problems for however many yeah. years and you can't control it. Like I would pay all of the money that I have, literally all of it. I would sign over my bank account if I could just say like, fix this today and I never want to worry about it again. But like, you don't have control. You have to like go through the landlord. Like you can't just like hire a contractor to like fix your problems and be like expedient about it. You have to like, landlord's like, mm, I don't know, maybe we'll just like patch it up for 17 years and like see how that yeah. goes, you know? Like, so <laughs> eventually it'll fix it if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's grass is always greener, but there is, I guess, a little bit of leverage in the fact that like that isn't an asset that I own. And right. thus, it's the damage that incurs to it is not really my problem. But it's right? still annoying that you have to live with it. So. Right. Super. But annoying. there's an element of like, I don't care that much as long as like, cause I can leave and like, I'm not like, in, you know, I'm not financially tied to it. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, the, the moral of the story, boys and girls is that it sucks. Life just <laughs> will drain you dry. It really That's will. That's a great moral. <laughs> <laughs> well, Good luck to everyone. One of the few consolations we have in this terrible thing we call life which is streaming entertainment and one of the few ways that we've been able to still feel together during this really terrible period particularly for those of you who don't have a podcast where you get to talk to your co-workers slash friends about streaming entertainment is the fact that there is co-watching and i've definitely been making pretty good use of netflix party and this week Disney Plus launched their own version called Group Watch, which has some unique advantages and disadvantages because Netflix Party and, you know, other streaming services have also launched their own co-watching features, but mostly they've been browser plugins. So you have to have a web browser, install a plugin, and then you can only watch and chat on your computer. So you can't watch it on your smart TV. Disney's actually works on... A smart TV, but you can only share emojis and you can't chat mm. or anything. Um, which I don't know, maybe for the Disney Plus audience of potentially very old and un- very young users, that's exactly what they want. I like that because it keeps you focused. Right. Like Disney's like, no, 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 no table talk. You gotta, you gotta watch what we made. We spent a lot of time on this. You can send emojis, but that's but like about it. Not focused too, because you're like, oh, what is that emoji all about? Oh yeah, that's true. It could be Darryl distracting. Thinks it's like only a winky face when I thought it was like a heart face. Like what? Good point. Good point. I don't know. But they also named it a lame name. Like Netflix is a cool name, and they were just like Group Watch. That sounds like a sex <laughs> thing. That doesn't. That sound does like sound it. like a sex thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sex, I just I laughed a little bit. This is so stupid, but like. I laughed a little. You like that segue, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Away like uh, rating or whatever is like TV 14. And it's for sex, fear, and language. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but fear I felt saw, like the fear slightly thing out is, of place. I don't I know like, what that is, but it's... 
you don't mean it's, horror. No, you it's don't like mean just, like shock, right? right? Like it's not being like really a, afraid for the people. I guess it's just like general fear, right? That there are yeah. scenes where bad things might happen, although they generally don't. Um, Listen, don't do spoilers. Is, I think yeah, like Anthony. Netflix, <laughs> they for older, I think probably, and and maybe I'm wrong about this. I haven't like done a comprehensive study, but my sense is that for Netflix original content, they probably are fairly good about actually classifying different episodes about like this is what you, what, the, what the rating should be but for older content they probably just assign it a general rating which is why um for the original series of star trek every single episode is just sex comma fear and just, that's the <laughs> there's something the about those two things being paired together that right just starts your day off right right like the most TV fourteen sex and desires. Yeah, yeah. Like, might as well throw thirst and hunger in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's just yeah, let's move into our review then. Let's talk about Away, which is our big review this week. Um, it's a series on Netflix that stars Hilary Swank and Josh Charles as um, the Hillary Swank is the astronaut who's leading the first manned expedition to Mars. Marley. Um, and then, um, yeah. Josh Charles point. is her husband who actually wanted to, to be on this mission, but had, um, you know, years earlier, they'd sort of discovered medical issues. And so he is no longer allowed to be sort of an astronaut going into space, although he's still involved in, in NASA and in the, in the mission. And so there's this sort of dual structure of both telling the story of the people in space and then also the people back home. Um, Daryl, you were the one who recommended we, we watch this. And in fact, by the time you even mentioned it, you'd already like binged the entire first yeah. season. What, what attracted you to this show? Um, you know, the space parts, but also Hilary Swank and Josh Charles. I, th- I like them both. Uh, Josh Charles from The Good Wife. Like the best part of The Good Wife, probably. Um, also, I, I think I've told this story on this podcast before, but I did see Josh Charles in real life one time at a restaurant in New York. I forget what restaurant. He was. It was a small restaurant, and he was eating there, and I was eating there, and I was just like, "That's Josh Charles." I've I seen Josh him. Charles too, actually, because he uh, he lives. I, mean, I think he at least you know in the before times he he lived near the TechCrunch office or the what was then the AOL office in New York. And so I think I just saw him walking his dog one day. That's probably, I probably was eating somewhere near the TechCrunch office, but... Um, I feel like yeah. Josh Charles is absolutely the kind of celebrity that I would not even remotely... I would be like, you're another dude. He looks very normal, but he, he looks also very looks very generic. distinct. I think he looks distinct, but but normal. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like he he is like it's not like he's the most generic human being in the world. Like I was talking to my parents, I think, and saying Richard Smith is like one of the most generic looking <laughs> individuals. Like he's like Richard Smith who, who leads our our events team. Or yes. I mean, who basically is your as you put it your work husband. He is. He's like the professional love of my life. I love him t- to pieces, but he does look like if he murdered someone like the witness would be like i don't know like yeah i can't really like normal hair eyes average height, face, average height, build yeah like literally there's no defining characteristic and i feel like josh charles is like there are defining characteristics but almost that make him look more generic 
this is a good use of our podcast time, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jordan, do you have a spotting Josh Charles story? Otherwise, like, what's the point? No, I don't. Have, I mean, I probably did. I probably did several times and was like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. He's a normal, <laughs> normal dude in New York. Hey, normal dude. Yeah. Anyways, I really like him. And so I was excited about him being on this show. And I, yeah, it just seemed I'd heard about it. And I heard like, you know, it's like not, it's kind of like this is us in space, I guess. But <laughs> I don't really like this is us, but. Who said this is us in space? That's some silly shit right there. I don't think it's well, this is us in space. Well, anyway, it's, it's good. I understand that comparison in the sense that it felt like, and partly because of the way it's marketed and just the title, is that it feels like it's a space show, but with like really emphasizing the emotional pain of being left behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely like a people drama with space as opposed to like a space drama with people. But this is us is like literally every episode they're like someone has cancer and like, the, you know, like the dog died and like, you know, we're getting a divorce. Like it's literally like family drama overload, like trying to top itself every episode, which I actually think it was like kind of more ish similar to Lost hmm. in that mm, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the structural Right. way it's put together of like flashing back to different people and different parts of what make them react and behave the way they do in this like very you know controlled kind of like intense environment in space yeah um, it shows like what they did and then it shows like here's why they did that but doesn't this is us do that i don't know it time jumps i mean a this lot. is us does time jump you're right about that but it just i don't i, I never i mean i hear i hear you i'm not like invalidating your opinion not that i could but like i just never would have made that jump to this is mm. us in space I, but i think i did have that worry that i was kind of like i don't know man like i don't need to see like it's funny because i actually am like sometimes really like the idea of like very emotionally driven space opera and have like written that myself but like i also something about the description i found kind of off-putting and was like i don't know if i need to see josh charles just being sad about hillary swank being gone for 10 hours so i hesitated for a while despite daryl's recommendation to watch it but i do think i mean the space part in particular well no actually the whole thing it is still very plot driven there's a lot of obstacles that they have to um solve so it's it's not like i i think in my head i imagine it being a much more kind of static like there were like less plot and more crying and there's certainly a lot of crying but there's also a lot of plot yeah yeah that yeah there is a lot of crying but it's i think it's less like uh cheap i guess than versus something like this is us right like yeah, it doesn't. It's not like just about that. Like you said, plot. Yeah. So I think that I'll probably uh, regret this comparison, but it's also fresh in my mind. Like, there's a hintish of like if Battlestar Galactica had half as many characters and was made twenty years later, at least in the approach of like, you know, the the what made BSG so special is that they were like, okay, well, let's talk about the story of these people. And then let's set them in space and the plot will kind of like follow 
the people as opposed to the other way around, like the people following the plot. At least for many, many episodes, there's, you know, a hint of the plot kind of getting in the way sometimes. But it does feel like they were like, oh, let's talk about these people and let's like form their stories and let's decide who they are as people. And then let's like send them to Mars and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So Jordan, it sounded like you also liked it. Yeah, I mean, I feel good about it. I thought that the, um, I watched four episodes or like 75% of the fourth episode and then I I had to stop. But um, I felt like the first episode was pretty slow. I think that when you do a space or sci-fi show, there's examples of going too far on this. I think Another Life is one where they're like, we're going to kill someone in the first episode. And you're like, whoa, hold on, you know? Um, but I think you have to kind of come out with a bang on some of these shows, right? Just to like hook people in and then you can really start exploring the people problems. Whereas I felt like the first episode of this took a really long time to kind of get going. Um, and especially with like, you know, there's a kind of, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's essentially in the trailer. Like when you click into a way, this is what it shows you, but there's like an incident in the first episode in space and they really take a long time to show you what happened right like right. you get like these bits and pieces of it and it doesn't feel like the crumb is enough to satisfy or to keep you like going in for another bite sort of thing hmm. um but but overall I, I i like where it's headed i think that it's put together pretty well love hillary swank's performance i love who's the actress that plays dr Liu. i really um or is it Dr. Wong? Lu, Wong Lu? Um, yeah, I think I, really uh, I like. think Wong is her family name. Um, and yeah, the actress is Vivian Wu. Really like her, um, and her performance. You know, I'm I'm getting into it. There there are definitely flaws in the Matrix, but I I I feel good about it overall. What about you guys? Yeah, I really liked it. I binged it. But. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the whole thing in one day? Yes. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, it was one day. Um, I, I like it a lot too. Um, like you, I've only seen the first uh, few episodes. So I've seen the first three, and I think like I agree that the first episode I think isn't bad, but it, it sort of can feel a little bit slow because it is really focused on that incident that you're talking about, and also that you know basically the central question of at a certain point in that episode becomes: Will Hillary Swank's character? continue to lead the mission um and i think that's like a valid emotional arc for the first episode but on some level it doesn't have that much suspense because if hillary swank's character didn't lead the mission what are the next nine episodes about and so the question is only like okay how are they going to resolve this situation which i mean is true of a lot of tv right is like when the main character's in trouble you're not like okay i mean except unless you're watching like game of thrones or something when the main character's in trouble you know that they're going to get out of that trouble the question is only like how are they going to get out of it but on Mm -hmm. some level you're just kind of like boy we're spending a lot of time on this dilemma that you know is going to be resolved in one direction yeah but they well i guess if you want to make a direct comparison to the what's the katie sackoff one that we liked again another life another Another life life they're filming right now oh they are okay so that had a similar crisis rate, but like, I guess it was also resolved just in a very different way. Um, 
but yeah, you did you did know that that was going to come down. I think it was. I think that was kind of like interesting, and also as they progress, you're like, oh, I guess should she be in charge? But but also you kind of are like, I guess everybody's human, so everybody's going to have some level of problems, and yeah. But you you start to think. I think it's interesting that they they made that the crisis, and then that they like bring it back up with other things later on but um yeah it's it's tough to do that and to make it dramatic and also to be like yeah this is the this is a reasonable thing that would happen like during a mission like this i think i've seen some criticism from like space people that like well this would never be the case or whatever but it's also like is that true or is this just misogynist shithead (laughs) well I mean, to be fair, a lot of space stuff always has people coming, like space shows and stuff and movies always have people coming out of the woodworks being like, oh, the surface tension, you know, like (laughs) whatever, like even gravity, which is like probably one of the most expensive and well, you know, thought out uh, space movies in the last 10 years or so had like some pretty big space flaws, you know, as they call them. Yeah. but I don't really care about that. Like, unless you're a freaking, like, NASA engineer, like, most, the 99% of us do not give a shit as long as it's not, like, glaring. In fact, I would say most of those NASA engineers are totally unbothered by the fact that in Star Wars, they're just chilling on an open port deck or whatever right. with space, like, right there, just like, woohoo, we can well, breathe that's, and walk that's, There's usually a force field. Oh, yeah, fair. there's a force field. Yeah, it's a force yeah, field. You, you guys know. say that every time. There's never an acknowledgement of it, but sure, there's a force field. <laughs> there is a distinction, I think, between, I think increasingly as, um, you know, there is a real space program, although I don't want to suggest that it's a purely sort of linear progression, because obviously there was uh, a very aggressive space program, and then for a while we kind of didn't have a space program, and now because, largely because of, of private um, space companies, I think you're seeing, again, this uptick in... Um, Space shows that are like this in the sense that they're in the near future, they're science fiction, but they don't necessarily feel like science fiction in the same way that Star Trek or Star Wars do. And so I think a show like Away, I don't think has to have completely rigorous depictions of space travel, but I think you bring a different mindset to it than Star Wars, where you just sort of assume everything is a fantasy, right? Well, and same thing with like another life, like another life can actually get away with more because they're like, oh, this is whatever, 60 years in the future and like aliens have landed and all this shit. So you're like, okay, well, you know, if you guys can go into your like, what what do they call the sleep pods or whatever? Oh, I don't even remember. Uh, It's like a Latin word for sleep or or something. something. Oh, did they have a special name for it? Yeah, it makes sense. Somnabulous? The soma tubes. Soma tubes. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like you're going to look at, uh, a way slightly more critically in general, because they're like, this is actually NASA. Like these are actual astronauts and they're going to actual Mars, like not some bullshit thing, you know? But I did like that about it. I like that it was mostly fairly realistic. Like it could conceivably happen the way they depict it in the next few years overall. Like the science is not like wild or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was also surprising to me how, except for the fact that it's a manned mission to Mars, everything else is the same. I mean, obviously, minus coronavirus, but like the, um, you know, they all, they use phone, you don't see the logos, but they're clearly using 
iPhones, iPhones, and, yeah, yeah. All the all the technology is is essentially the same as as it is now. Um, almost to an extent where I had questions about it. I was kind of like, don't you think you should have like tried to accelerate technology totally. by like five years or something or ten years? Yeah, but, yeah. I think it's like more like like two years, right? Like, isn't it? But like then you get into like, well, what is it? I guess the iPhone will be a different shape slab of glass. <laughs> like, it's not going to be that <laughs> just different, right? right? To be, yeah, and to be fair, if you think about like 2010 to 2020, like, you know, all the stuff that we use now is basically the same. It's just, yeah, it has a slightly different shape and works a little bit, a little faster. I, I'm only so far in, right? But like, it seems like they uh, are relying on like, you know, generally existent technology to get to Mars as well, right? Like a spaceship whistle, like it was more like of a cost situation than like a advance in technology situation to get to mars or like it'll take three years like they're not going like you know speed of light like faster than light jumping or like doing it you know there's obviously the pit stop in mars which i actually as someone who doesn't understand anything about like aeronautics or space travel like that made enough sense to me where it's like oh you could get off the surface of mars much easier and like if you had the setup there you could refuel and like all of these things or the moon did i say mars you yeah. get yeah. off the surface of the moon much easier. Um, anyway, it just seemed like they were not, they weren't trying to like be like, oh, we're jumping into the future and like here's a bunch of stuff that like, they almost like closed themselves off to more criticism by doing that in a way, right? Yeah. Well, you could do like NASA will, is very happy to tell you that you could do that all today. And the only thing that's really limiting you from doing it is budget. Like it's all it's all totally possible. Yeah. And they addressed that like episode one where they were like, Oh, this is gonna cost X trillion dollars and like shouldn't we use that for problems here on earth or whatever? And they were like, right. We'll just nip this in the bud, like, oh, we got the money. Like now we can go, right? Yeah, that's the other classic criticism is like, why are you sending all that money into space? And NASA is always like trying very aggressively to be like we use everything we develop back here on earth once we develop it for space to improve your lives right yeah it's their constant fight there's that actually i wasn't aware of this until i saw the movie first man but the um this poem whitey's on the moon um yeah 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 that's that's in lovecraft country yeah exactly they use it in lovecraft country too but it's it's probably the most perfect distillation of that idea that like oh like why am i supposed to feel excited that you know, we're doing these amazing things in space travel when things are so screwed up here on Earth. Um, which, yeah. as somebody who fully acknowledges that things are screwed up here on Earth and would like to see them get better, but also is very excited about space travel, like, I both acknowledge that criticism, but don't agree with it. But it also, I mean, that one has a different bent because it's also about economic racial disparity. Right. Like, I think... Uh, wait, let's not get sidetracked on this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> might, yeah, I, I mean, I like... I like that they acknowledge that, and I think that again, any of these sort of near future, there was also that show, the the first, um, that that sort of you have to sort of acknowledge that on some level, but I think yeah. that's not the focus, and and I think that's totally fine. Like that's not what this this show is really about. It's not really about the political context, or if it's about the political context, actually, and and this is something else I wanted to talk about was this the idea of. Um, this crew that is this multinational crew, partly because even though NASA is the lead agency on this mission, all these other countries had to come together, partly for for funding reasons and partly just, I think, the idea is that that's how, 
you know, from, from a sort of, instead of like a space race where it's country versus country, it's, it's actually countries coming together, you know, and we've seen a little bit of that with like the International Space Station. Um, yeah. And it also just means that, you know, I like from a purely, I think, uh, let's get people to watch the show perspective, it means that you can have like a, an international cast, which I, I think is great. And I thought that overall, the, I mean, I think everyone on the cast is great. My The one thing I was a little... Uh, wasn't 100% crazy about is that that fairly early on there are these tensions on the ship and they play out along these kind of predictable geopolitical lines where the Chinese astronaut and the Russian astronaut who are the ones who you know have the most and those are the countries that have the most tension with the United States right now are the ones who are also giving Hillary Swank's character the the, the hardest time um but and, and I think, yes, especially because in that in those in that first episode, you don't really know a lot about them yet, so you just kind of have this feeling of like, oh, I see. Of course, the the Chinese person and the Russian person are going to be the jerks. But as time goes on and the characters, you get a better sense of the character. That doesn't really bother me as much. Yeah, I I thought that was good. I actually had the opposite problem with it, where I was like, when they announced the team, I was like, this team makes no sense. Like, okay. first of all. <laughs> There's no reason that the U.S. would agree to go to Mars with Russia and China. There's no chance right now. Right. Uh, That's a very utopian or aspirational idea. Yeah, because they're basically... Like, Russia still participates in the ISS, which China does not. But they're at the point where that's probably not going to continue to be the case, like, for whatever Mm -hmm. the successor of the ISS is. And then also, like, England... England wouldn't fucking be there. Like, there's no chance. They would it, almost any other nation is makes more sense than England. Like, uh, Japan, first of all, would make the number one. Like, that would be. But even like Spain, like the, any other country, the UAE. Like, it's just so weird. So that for me was the hardest part to like kind of like get to grips with. But it was it was it made sense from a like all right, like maybe you're not an expert audience on the specifics of like geopolitical international relations when it comes to space, but like you have a vague understanding of like countries and these (laughs) are the big ones and these are the ones that people know, right? Like I think a generic audience. Are you talking about how often they're like, this will cause an international incident? No, no, no. I think all that was right. And, And I actually believe the opposite of Anthony like I believe all those tensions even if they were like cartoonish are like exactly the way that they would have worked um yeah you know, I mean it's, you know, I think it was believable I just had like an objection in the sense that it felt sort of predictable or like schematic but I totally agree that like I don't think that they would <laughs> if you had American and Russian astronauts in space that it would necessarily go super well yeah like they do apparently get along real well on the ISS but there is a like if there's going to be sources of tension, those are the places that they're going to be. But my argument, Jordan, was that like none of those countries would have been like the, with the exception of, um, no, actually, I mean, it it just would have been the U S I forget who else was even on the mission, but, uh, it's, um, China, the Russia, there's the U S yeah. I don't know where Rom is from. But he feels like I think he's he immigrated Indian. to the U.S. Oh yeah, Rom is, is is believable too. So like a real mission Donna. like this, right? right but UK, the, UK. The, the right. character, yeah, the character from um, the UK, played by Ato Asando. He's um, he says he's born in Ghana, but his patch is is is, is from the UK. Right. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. 
But a, a real mission would probably be made up of, like, if it was the same number of people, would be NASA, uh, India, Israel, like, Japan, JAXA, uh, and then, honestly, probably Canada, if they still wanted to do it. it would probably <laughs> They would probably assign more seats to just the U.S. after that. But yeah. if they wanted to add additional countries, it would probably be Canada and then maybe Spain or... Uh, yeah, a different but European country. But I think not, I think you're right. Or Germany, not, but yeah, not the it's, UK. It's less about who has prominence in space travel right now, but more um, that like I mean, uh, looking at, at the UN Security Council and sort of the the permanent five seats. The you know that it's basically those five countries: China, Russia, UK, United States, right. and then they got rid of France and and put um, India. In. Actually, so. France would stand a better chance of being in like, than the UK. Like. It's just a, not a realistic group of people for yeah. how space politics works at the moment. Right. But you think that, I mean, it, it would still be led by NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, almost certainly. Like, uh, depending on timing, there might be a competing mission led by China, but NASA would not be participating in that. Like, yeah. China might if go NASA first with people. NASA participated, it would be leading. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, how did you guys feel about the just the cast and the and the characters overall? I felt good about it. I mean, I, I'm loving Hillary Swank. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen her, and this also feels like slightly outside of her um, usual stuff, which I enjoyed. Um, and then I do. I think that like the one issue, it's not a casting issue necessarily, but like the drama that we're talking about on the spaceship among characters. Like I realized that like, that's probably a necessary tool to make things happen and stuff, but it felt like a little bit forced. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that Lou and Misha would be quite so open about their like straight up hatred for their commander. Nor that like that would be brand new the second that they got on the ship, in which case like wouldn't NASA have done everything, you know, the whole contingency, wouldn't they have done everything in their power to either make changes, you know, or like repair those relationships? Like it just seems way too dangerous to have people like straight up openly being like, you're going to get us killed. I don't trust you, Commander. <laughs> you know, like, wh- how would you send those people to Mars together? Like, I just, I can't, that to me felt like kind of unbelievable. Yeah, they they definitely, well, they had something where they tried to explain that away partially with the uh, the cowboy guy who was like, apparently had originally supposed, they'd all trained with him and he was supposed to be the mission commander, the guy who was on the moon. Right. And I don't remember why they swapped him in. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if they implied that she'd replaced him, or it was just that you know he was also in the running. And then at a certain point, um, they yeah. they said, "Oh no, no, it's going to be Hillary Swank." Just because obviously, for some it, reason that team all had more experience and a better rapport with him, like it was also implied. But but like yeah, it yeah. was they did say something in like an early episode where like we chose Emma for a reason, like we right. chose. Emma to be commander for a reason, but I haven't gotten far enough in the show. I don't know if they ever say like, here's the reason why we chose her because it just feels like 
they all freaking hate her except for Rom, really. <laughs> I think she was just the most competent candidate is the uh, is the implication there. And you do see some evidence later on of like why the other guy isn't so good of a choice, but um Right, and he's like a better leader. Yeah. yeah. Emma's a better leader. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, she yeah, definitely yeah. seems so. Like I definitely right. have like role model vibes from her just in general. Yeah. And I mean, I do think that one of the things I like is um, I feel like there's this when we see uh, women kind of cast as the sort of the leads of of like a crew. And, and, you know, I am thinking of another life here, but I think there are probably other examples. Um, And then they need to have drama. Like a lot of times it revolves. There's sort of like these two tropes. One is that the... um, the the woman is indecisive. I don't think that happens that much anymore because I think people realize that's a really sexist trope. Or right. you have um, a woman who's almost like super, like has no, is come, like just super not talking about her feelings, super not revealing, and like doesn't connect with people emotionally. And I feel like there are little elements of both of those in Emma's character, but it doesn't completely fall in either trope. And she it feels like she is you know, exists as a real character and, and, and I can sort of let go of some of that that weight where I'm kind of like, oh, is it going to like fall into this trap or this trap? But instead it like, it's like, no, I believe in this character. Um, I, I understand why there's tension uh, among the crew, um, but it doesn't feel like, I mean, they, and people do talk about sort of like at one point, um, one of the NASA administrators basically says, you have to <laughs> stick gut, gut out this mission because it's so important, for particularly for women. Um, but to a large extent, it also, it, like, like her gender is part of it, but like her character is not defined by her gender. Well, and it feels more like the drama is defined in part, at least, by her gender, like the what's coming at her, right? Like, yeah. it feels a little bit like Misha in particular has whether he states it outright and he never does i don't think at least not as far as i've seen but it feels like the standard he's holding her to is based on the fact that she's a woman like would it have been oh you froze up and you did the wrong thing to the guy or would it be like oh you took action and were decisive and you might have fucked up but you like did something right like it feels like the scale is defined by her gender less so than her character itself if that makes sense yeah yeah he's interesting because and this is, gets back to some of the stuff that anthony was talking about but like he's a bit he feels a bit stereotypical from a russian perspective and some of that definitely involves like challenging women in a leadership role right um he also has like uh not to Uh, this isn't a spoiler i'll just say it generically but like homophobia issues and then um but i also i mean because then they do when they go into his past when they're doing the flashback that also feels like it but but it's hard for me to know i'm like is this just terribly stereotypical of like a russian sort of like home life situation or is this like an accurate depiction of what it's like to live and grow up in in russia so it's hard to say there I, i at times i was like he, I like the character. I like the actor, and I think the character is well played, and he's human and uh, warm, and you do feel a lot of affection for him eventually through the course of the show. But 
it's hard for me to separate out how much of it is kind of tropes and stereotype and how much of it is like no this is an accurate depiction of what this sort of situation would be like yeah i had a little bit of this similar tension in the um the the lose storyline where um i think that there's probably a lot of reality to it but also it felt like it kind of fell into a lot of tropes about chinese people as you know emotionally repressed and and Mm -hmm. things like that and so i i ultimately i found it very affecting but i had a little bit of resistance to it at first for that reason um well and they definitely depict the prc in a specific way that is you know build like it's like that's also my understanding of like as a westerner i'm like yeah that's what the prc is like scary and uh homophobic and ter- you know like whatever but like is it an accurate depiction i don't know right so right. It, it's 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 the problem with a lot of the depictions of the international characters in general is that they're fairly cartoonish but also fit with my understanding which is like is that a criticism on me or is that <laughs> accurate i will I also say that misha in his flashbacks has the worst wig like <laughs> The yeah the wig's pretty bad yeah him no. him trying to look young does not work very well it's so bad um, he, he's well, lived Anthony, hard you that guy fired up over that wig though that That's wig like is the biggest so laugh bad. of the whole show and i've been saying like some really funny shit so yeah i mean you get you know you get little laughs the wig gets big laughs i'm sorry yeah <laughs> maybe i should get a fucking wig i don't know <laughs> Um, well, it kind of sounds like we're at the point where we should talk a, a bit about spoilers, too, because I think we're, we're kind of dancing around a lot of things. So if you have not seen the first season of Away and you don't want to be spoiled, you should stop listening now. It sounds like we all enjoyed it and recommended it, so definitely go check it out. Um, yeah, well, well, let's talk first about you know what we actually get in, in those first few episodes, and then Daryl can kind of fill us in on, on what happens afterwards. But um, So that first episode, there is this kind of almost like Rashomon-like structure where you get it kind of revolves around this incident in space going towards uh, before they even get to the moon that's caused um, Misha and Lou both to, to doubt and, and Emma herself to doubt herself. Um, and you get that told from a couple of different... Pr- well, first of all, you just it's just sort of alluded to for the first half of the episode. Then finally you start to see different versions of it. Um, and I, Jordan, I have to agree with you that I didn't find that super satisfying because... It wasn't like there was ever a big reveal. And I mean, I under, it, it felt like fine from a character's perspective that you got a little bit of a different sense of how the different characters saw her. But fundamentally, it did feel like a lot of fuss. And you're like, when you see like her version, you're like, all right, sure, that's fine. But like, it wasn't that interesting or that revelatory. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, it was... I think this is where I was like, oh, the the reveal was was like troubling because it was like oh she really did screw up like she didn't do it to the extent that they either of the the people who were against her kind of suggested but it was like definitely the wrong call and i guess made with authority which was the point of like oh yeah people are human and they're gonna make their own call but like i don't know it just seemed like a pretty obvious wrong call and then i was kind of like Maybe she shouldn't be in charge. 
<laughs> well, I, I not to me either. I mean, to somebody who understands or should understand the science of fire and space or whatever. You know? Right. I was kind of on the. I don't know if it's because like I'm a, a lady and I like the lady in charge moment and all of that stuff. But like to me, I liked what the therapist said when he was just like, "You acted like a commander would, right? Like, I mean, y- you put yourself in between danger and your crew." you took action like you were decisive like it was the wrong decision and the wrong action right but like the the instinct was there which i think was part of what you know the whole idea of like the reason behind putting her there in that position and she does answer that call pretty like you know um dedicatedly right like throughout the whole everything that I've seen in the show where like something happens and she's like, here's the decision. Go, here's the decision. Go right. Right. Like, which is what you need to do. That's what you have to do. Like we don't have seconds for like back and forth. Is this the right thing? Blah, 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 blah. And most of the time she's right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like everything, but that, in my opinion, as far as I've seen, she's been right on like how to handle this situation. Um, so it's unfortunate, right? But like, and I and I think that like that, if that had happened in the fourth episode after she'd made you know a hundred percent right decisions, like how would we feel about it? Like, there's a reason yeah. why like her big blunder is the moment that the show starts essentially. So, yeah, so I think like, they oh, did. It, they it definitely right set wrong? it up as an arc yeah. for like, okay, look, she made that one wrong call in a relatively, I mean, high stakes, but like the consequences of making the wrong call were not. Uh, fatal to the mission or to anyone, right? And then there's other ones. I think this, the, yeah, the thing they, the juxtaposition they set up is like there's calls later on where obviously no one would have made that call except for her, especially at like really mission critical points. And because she did and went against conventional wisdom, like they succeeded, right? So you're supposed to be like, yeah, okay, maybe she makes some mistakes here and there, but when it really matters, like the calls she makes yeah. are good well, even and though they're counterintuitive like whole trust building exercise as well right that like when she goes out on the solar panel yeah. and that seems like the most poignant example of what you're talking about right um, Yeah, but I also that one I thought was more about Misha than about her because I was like oh now I know that like regardless of what even if he's like depicted as somebody who just stereotypically like I don't trust you you're a woman and you're American right when it comes down to it he'll like do the right thing and like make yeah well I was worried about it because it felt like they set it up to where and I like obviously rethought this as it was happening but like they set it up to where he like hated her so much and I was really nervous about them going out together and everyone's like it's just you and Misha like no one else you know like I'm like these two fucking hate each other like anything (laughs) could happen right and then he's she's like oh throw me out past the electrical mess (laughs) untethered free yeah yeah like that'll be fine i was like he's gonna murder her but then i was like oh wait like literally the entire world is watching this on live stream like he probably won't with that much accountability he probably won't do that but i did it wasn't because i trusted him as like the greatest astronaut in the world it was because i figured he was too smart to make that kind of move Oh, that's interesting. I thought it would be easy for him to engineer just like a missed slip or whatever. Nobody would ever blame him for it. But I I never thought he wanted her dead. I mean, I thought he didn't trust her. Um, I mean, I thought that because he said that many times. But I I felt like the dynamic 
essentially was this idea that yeah he that it was what Daryl said that he doesn't trust her doesn't think she should be the de- commander but that also when the chips are down he's got her he, he's like you know in, a, in an emergency we have to have each other's back that's the only way this mission can function and and that's essentially how it played out I mean I do also think that the other aspect we're talking about and they don't comment on this but to me it felt like a, a very clear contrast <clears throat> although they're very different situations was the fact that in the the spacewalk where they're repairing the solar panel one of the first things she, she says is this is your area of expertise you've done more um, EVAs than I have we can go with what whatever I'll, I'll take your word for it you you can make the decisions because I would you know part of being a boss right and a man and, and a commander in that situation is at least when there's time to get feedback is to say you're the expert I don't have like being the, the person in charge doesn't mean I know the most about everything it's also about saying, actually, you're the expert. I will, uh, I will defer to your to your knowledge in this situation. Right, hundred percent. And then when she said no, I was like, ooh, plot twist. But it was actually <laughs> like even more of a leadership move for her to be like, oh, I'm gonna be the one that takes this risk, right? Like I'm again gonna put myself between my crew and danger as much as yeah. physically possible. Um, I will say though that like one of my big problems with the spacewalk it wasn't a big problem but like that kind of like bothered me throughout was like it felt like a lot of tell versus show with the like the difficulty of that mission right like i feel like and it's actually easy to compare this with gravity right like gravity did a really good job of showing what it's like to be tethered to a spaceship that is moving, you know, thousands and thousands of miles an hour through space and breathing in that really cumbrous suit, cumbersome suit and like trying to hold on to and how like quickly it can all move away and the stress, right? Like I think a lot of the exhaust, I could be wrong, Daryl, but I think a lot of the exhaustion involved with an EVA is not just the physical exhaustion, but the fact that your body is freaking the fuck out because it knows it's in space. Like your brain knows like we're in space, we could die at any second. And the way that your body responds to that only increases the exhaustion. And it just felt like people were like, they're exhausted. This is dangerous. Look how dangerous. (gasps) Oh my God, she jumped out on the solar panel without like feeling that do you know mm. what i mean where you were just right. like they look fine <laughs> like you know like <laughs> yeah they look it didn't fine look to me like there was any near misses or yeah i don't know maybe it's just the way it was shot but the, the evas are hard to like the the gravity ones are crazy that stuff is totally insane in in real life you're right a lot of like they do marathons though they they spend like six hours in those things just out there so a lot of the the exhaustion is just physical time like if you spend six hours doing anything it's going to be exhausting right right you don't move that much because you're just conserving your energy and it's hard to do stuff with those suits on so it's like it's probably a more accurate depiction like there was less like real weird crazy acrobatics or anything like that um but it it did lack some of that like tension of like you really felt like something was at risk at some point i i guess i do uh, feel like it was in the way it was shot to be honest where like yeah. maybe a couple more shots from inside the helmet 
right? Like, or like a shaking hand or like, you know, anything to kind of just like remind you that like what they're doing is like physically super taxing and super dangerous, right? Like it felt like they they just needed like 20% more on that front for us to really be in because everyone's like so tense. And mm-hmm. I was yeah. just like, I do not feel tense. Like I feel a little tense, but like I do not feel the tense that you want me to feel right now. Yeah. I guess I felt more tense about uh, Mikhail or whatever. Wait, is that who? Him? No, the Russian guy. God Misha. Damn. Misha. Misha. Mikhail, why did I? Just another <laughs> Russian name that came to Two mind. Two of the most, yeah, typical <laughs> Russian names. Um, well, so then the next episode, right, is is the episode about um, Lou and her relationship with um, uh, somebody in Mission Control and uh, an- another woman and how they basically Capcom. have to... That would be my job, by the way. That's the job I want to do if I were in space. <laughs> I just Chillin'. want to teach English through karaoke. That's the only job. Chilling yeah. with my coffee, hooking up with the astronauts, like yeah. just being like, here's your orders. I'm indecisive. Ground control was more indecisive than anybody in space this whole show so far. I, w- I mean, I have to imagine that there's a lot of like, give us two minutes while we do run some diagnostics and figure out what to do. So I, I felt like that was, if anything, the only thing I didn't believe was that they were so like shocked and angry every time ground control was like, give us like stand by and be like yeah no shit like you need to figure out what the hell's going on no i would be angry too because you're like oh we're in space right now like strapped <laughs> to this thing and like you have thousand people that you're that could you know what i mean like we're five yeah. people like we can only do so much but you literally have like the m- mental resources of an army of people like decision and let's go like what Mm. the fuck is wrong with you guys you have a billion computers you're breathing fresh air like can you get it together down there they gotta work the issue that's the space people always say (laughs) we're working but i so like this storyline i mean this was like where so i will say there's one scene that i very intensely did not like which is um where emma is trying to talk to um uh, to Lou after it's, it's come out the whole crew basically through the door that she had a, a same sex relationship um, and and you know that this person that she was in love with has been reassigned because the Chinese government has found out and which is you know as it, it is a very homophobic government and, and so and, and, and also she's because married it, it's not like right. Lou's single she's married right, with a kid right. and, too. So, so and they're really invested in gay, her as like, like a, this national hero yeah, gay um, adultery. Right. But double whammy. Mm-hmm. The where <laughs> because flavor. I understand why like dramatically it, it kind of works, but like why but there the way she like compliment compliments Lou, she's just like and she says like I guess like oh this other person she just spoke English so well and you also speak English so well. And I mean, I understand these are Chinese Chinese characters who have spent the last few years learning English, and we've seen her struggling to learn English, so that like kind of makes sense in that context. But I will say, as a Chinese American, don't ever fucking compliment any Asian person on their English because it will not go over well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Wait, so what? I was kind of like, what is what is going on with this? But the rest of the episode I thought was really good. And then the thing though is like a lot of those scenes I thought they were fine, but it's like the classic. TV thing where a relationship with someone who's essentially a guest star 
is fine, but it doesn't affect you that much because you kind of know it's going to be kind of formulaic. It affected it's going to hit me. these points. And you're like, okay, I understand this like helps flesh out the character. I'm not super invested in it. But then at the end of the episode, they're able to arrange for this final phone call between the two of them. And I was crying at the end of it. It was like oh, so well done. Tony. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. And I actually like felt like my big complaint with it is that maybe maybe it's like a testament to lose character as like not character in the show, but character as a as a character, <laughs> her personality, right? Um, that she like essentially resisted doing it. Like this is a purely emotional and intellectual relationship. Right. Like they mm-hmm. actually didn't consummate anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they w- spent two years together as friends who were, uh, you know, early on in their friendship were very aware of the fact that they wanted to bone and didn't that mm-hmm. whole time and then spent the final night together just laying in bed together but not actually doing anything which like to me is super frustrating but it probably adds like this layer of power to their love for one another that you're like you guys literally are like straight up in love because you're not even getting anything physical out of this, right? Um, yeah, I think that was the intent, but it, then I was like wondering, does that actually make it worse? Because it's kind of like sanitizing it for like a, a general audience, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I don't think that that was the case though. Like, I don't think yeah. Netflix, like, and th- that's just from, I don't think Netflix, like, ha- has any reason to do that, right? Like, Netflix is like, we're gonna be gay, you know, sometimes, yeah. and like, they go for it. I haven't ever felt like Netflix is like shied away from that in any way that offends me. Um, I really felt like it was more about Lou as a person, like really fully formulating and shaping who she is, right? Because like for the first three episodes or two episodes before this comes out, like she's so robotic where you're just like, her only emotion is like, I disdain Emma right? because mm-hmm. I don't trust Emma. But other than that, like, we get nothing. Even when she's talking to her husband and child, she's just like, you know, how are you? Thank you. I remember specifically, like, my dad and I were watching, and she gets off the phone with them, and it's like, okay, goodbye. Click. No, I love you. Like, no, I miss you, right? Like, so um, one-dimensional in, like, her intellect. And then we really get to formulate like no she's actually got lots of emotion and love but she also puts like her strength and her you know honor whatever we want to call it before those things her discipline is not like who right. she is her discipline is like what she's chosen which i think right. adds a lot to her as right. a character. it's like an ang- it's like an act of will and of strength um yeah even if it's also really heartbreaking I really um, liked May too, even for a guest star, like she, a yeah. uh, guest character, whatever. Like that role was done really well. That actress really, I feel like, nailed it and brought something kind of special and lively and like youthful to the mm-hmm. screen for a moment, which it, it doesn't feel like that all the time, you know? Very alive. Very old character. people show, is it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, Daryl. 
God, you're the one who's trying to like say Netflix is homophobic. Just get off my back, man. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> what? Just like the, the 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 guest star is often the one who's sort of like dragging it down. Who you're like, oh, I wish like they brought somebody a little better. To yeah, maybe youthful the wasn't half. the right word, but there was like a vibrancy to her. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. No, she was good. I liked her too. I didn't mean anything by it. Let's not fight. Okay, it's Friday. <laughs> All right, so we, we've been talking for about an hour now, so we probably don't have time to go in, like, to super detail with the rest of the season. I also but... don't want to hear like a lot about the next episode. Because you're enjoying like, it. If you guys you're have watch to... It. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have to do it, like, I get it. But like, if you could just proceed with caution a little bit. On yeah, I mean, maybe, Daryl, you can next. just talk in broad strokes about what the rest of the season is like. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I'll just say, like, overall, I found it was really... It felt like what I imagine watching like a real uh, Mars mission would be like in a lot of ways, which was cool. Like they brought up a lot of the difficulties they encounter are the real difficulties that you, that you would encounter in terms of what's hard to do about that. Um, Like uh, landing, for instance, like landing on the surface of Mars propulsively is very difficult much more difficult than it is to do here on earth right so that's like something that comes up and um yeah it's great i i think it's really cool it's it ends at a nice place where you can see them picking it up and making it into a series um that's that's still like yeah near future like what would a real human interest and continued interest in like science and exploration of mars look like so um yeah i i I think also it does a really good job of like balancing episodic concerns with like the through story like i I think it does a better job than most shows of that where like you do get interesting um not like nothing's totally contained in this show like that all kind of like runs continually but each episode has its own story that has like an arc and a conclusion right and and uh i think it consistently does a really good job of that while still feeling like you're investing in something that is continual as opposed to something you just like pick up and put down whenever you feel like it and can watch out of order which you absolutely cannot do with this show right do you feel like they still give the cast on earth and i guess particularly josh charles enough to do as as the story goes on yeah, I do. I think um, I think that the family dynamic there is important. Like the fact that the 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 kid is also there. Like if it was just Josh Charles's Charles's story on its own, I think it would feel a little bit hollow. Um, yeah. But because there's also the child there, I think that helps. I think that with Josh Charles, part of the problem there's there's a question about having able-bodied actors portray people who are not able-bodied consistently right and like that comes up with him and his arc but Mm. um i I don't know how to address that because it's a challenging thing to do and i i think he does a good job of that i think there's some weird things that they do in the show around that where like the psychologist, for instance, I think I guess they just wanted to have like this one psychologist character be a useful cipher for all kinds of things. But like the fact that the psychologist character is also paralyzed is like 
what like why did you make is that just so that he can empathize more with like josh charles's situation it's just like a strange choice that they made but um hmm. anyways it i think it drives a lot of uh, it's it's like so another good comparison to another life right like i feel like the the back home story even though like they're totally different in that there's no sci-fi elements in this really that it's more like um uh speculative fiction right like it's like yeah but like there's much the the back home story is much more interesting and compelling and i'm and i'm more eager to find out what's going on than i am in another life where i'm just like even though you're doing crazy wilder things i don't really care about you big face guy and whatever else you got going on with this sick kid or whatever so I, I think what th- you guys are talking about like in another life you know how like <laughs> big face her husband big face guy is back home trying to figure out what the big face guy he uh, actually is from this is us that like whatever oh his name is. oh yeah okay. yeah go on i never would have thought of him as big face guy his face is very round and like prominent that. <laughs> it's not it's actually like really narrow whatever go on. <laughs> big face guy make your point so I, I either I just think he's not a great actor, but also I feel like that story is kind of I, I feel like everyone involved in that back home story is kind of like just not so great. So I'm not really that interested in what's going on, except if I like wrote it out, I would be like, I am interested in this. You know what I mean? But I think conversely in this one, the actors make it a very compelling story for the back home thing, even though if I wrote it out, I'd probably be like, that seems a little dry or like I'm not super interested in that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it also goes back to what Jordan was saying in terms of it being primarily a people show and that like, obviously there is this mission to Mars and like I'm very invested in it, but at the same time, you know, to a large extent because it's going, you, I know that it's going to be a fairly drawn out part process to get to Mars I'm f- far more invested in sort of the relationships between the characters and, and characters proving themselves and yeah. the decisions they make than I am in, you know, that, that I don't spend a ton of time thinking about, oh, are they going to make it to Mars? Um, and so for that reason, I could, you know, certainly I imagine that being a problem with the show, but like I had no problem with the way they, I thought they did a great job of balancing the two in the episodes I saw. And so I was just curious if they were able to maintain that balance all the way through. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think they do a good job of that. Did you guys notice, this is so stupid and random, but did you guys notice that Lieutenant Gaeta is the doctor? For yeah. Lieutenant Gaeta I was wondering Star where I recognized him Gaeta shows up in all kinds of stuff. He's another one of those like really great staple, uh, I assume Canadian sci-fi uh, character <laughs> actors. Well, it's funny too, because like, I, I thought to myself, oh, uh, like another BSG like typecast space person but he's playing a doctor on earth like he didn't actually get to go to space but he's still in this type of show you know yeah i know he has no uh, yeah the, it, he could be a doctor with a, a on plumber. a show with no space involvement whatsoever and yeah he's like yeah he's not playing any science thing but it, it is so funny how all these shows just go back to the same like pool and they're just <laughs> like listen who's available like it's like the it's like the the old idea of the secretary pool. It's like, all right, come on, sci-fi character actors. Which one of you guys yeah, is ready? Yeah, raise your hands. We got mm-hmm. another one coming. 
Yeah, that's unfair to him because I think he does a really good job. And yeah. no, yeah, yeah, Battle yeah, Star. totally. And in this, actually, he's good in this for what they're all good. Like Katie Sackhoff is a fantastic actress too, but she's like forever just Starbuck essentially, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that's what happens when you kick ass so hard at something. So People just this like, side this note on where where do you think Alessandro Giuliani is born? The guy who plays Gata and this doctor, Big Face. No idea. Oh, Vancouver. Uh, oh man, you didn't let me guess, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where they shoot, right? They shoot in Vancouver. I think they shoot the show in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. That's why, right? Like they just pick up yeah. the local people for the side right. characters. Is it? Is Vancouver? Is there? I mean, obviously, there's a ton of production there in general. Are science fiction shows disproportionately filmed in Vancouver? Yes, they are, and huh. part of it is like there's a lot more. Like, Battlestar Galactica used it a lot for stuff like um, uh, 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 Guy's Baltar's House. house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful glass and wood, uh, very modern architecture surrounded by relative wilderness. Like lakes and mountains. Yeah. And And wilderness in general is just, like, useful for sci-fi shows. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, such a contrast. Like, showing, like, a gray city and a gray spaceship is not the same as showing a gray spaceship and a waterfall. Also downtown Vancouver is pretty new. Like there's very little of it is, is actually like any old at all, like any years old at all. Like it's like all new, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So it looks like a city of the future. Yeah. 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 Uh, Also, uh, do you want to know where Big Face was born? His name is uh, Justin Chatwin, by the way. No, he's not. That's not his name. That's the one I'm thinking of. Another life, Nico husband. That's who we're talking about, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. Uh, so he's not in This Is Us, and you're right. He does have a big face. I, oh, good. I, for okay. For whatever perfect. reason, I thought he was played by the guy who plays the dad in This Is Us. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, Milo. Milo Ventimiglia, yeah. Who I has think like Milo Ventimiglia is face. also Canadian, but Justin da- Chatwin is definitely Canadian. We're all Canadian today. Nanaimo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. That's enough for me. <laughs> Do we have any final thoughts on Away? Uh, good, yeah. I, like watch it even if you're not interested in sci-fi is my recommendation because I feel like it has a very broad appeal and yeah I think so too unless you're like a easy like the, I think it's fair to say that 31 or 32 days out from the election uh stresses on the on the table so if that's if you need like lightweight stuff right now funny happy maybe this isn't right but otherwise I think you should go for it yeah I would say I would kind of like counter it's that. It's not like I the most like stressful thing in the world, to be clear. But like, no, it does have like alarms going off and like, yeah. rah, rah, blah, blah, you know, like if it has for me a lot of like emotional release that is maybe a nice valve for some people in that it's like it can it's good at like trigger, triggering like tear jerky emotional responses of like, oh, humanity is nice in a way that makes you feel kind of like relieved at points. So I, I feel like. In that way, it could have the opposite effect, but definitely it does have fear, as Netflix put right. it. So, 
if you don't need any fear right now, then uh, <laughs> avoid. Right. Like the way like right uh, basically right after the debates, I like had to watch an episode of Shit's Creek just to feel better about. Myself. Still haven't seen that show, even though, you know, it's a great Ooh, show. It's Canadian, so good, Daryl. But it's also it that that so show is good. pure joy, right? In the way that this is not. And so I think this is still, I mean, a fun escapist show, but it's not like an immediate cure for stress and pain the way Shit's Creek is. Um, but I was I was skeptical and I was wrong. I fully admit it. Um, good show. People should check it out. Um, and I will just then wrap it up by reminding people that you can always follow us on Twitter at Original Content. You can also subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And you can let us know what you think of Away or what you thought of this review by emailing us at OriginalContent at TechCrunch.com. Have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah, good to be back. Yay, friends. Yeah.